Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I cannot tell you how excited I am that you are with me this week because we have a guest on this week that many of you are possibly familiar with his name. You probably are, but I know all of you have in some way been impacted by the influence that he has had um, on our world, whether you know it or not. And so we've got Dr. George Barna on with us. He has been on my bucket list for years. I am so excited that he has the time um, to spend with us this week and to talk to us about uh, biblical worldview. I think this week's podcast is going to probably go in history, go down in history as one of the most important podcast um, interviews that I have ever had and probably ever will have because what we're going to talk about it affects everybody. And it, this is stuff that every parent, whether you're a Christian parent, homeschool parent, secular parent, whatever you are, this is a podcast that you need to listen to. And this is a message that you need to know and really understand. Um, Dr. Barna is, he's a professor at Arizona Christian University. He's the director of research at uh, the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. He is an expert. I mean, an expert, you guys, on worldview studies. Like he holds uh, the bar for that. Um, he he is an expert on Christian culture and American religious life. He has authored sixty books. Sixty, you guys, that's a lot of books to author. Um, and like I said, he is truly one of the most influential Christian leaders, um, certainly of our time, but I would say probably in history. And so we are very honored to have him with us, Dr. Barnett. Thank you for being with me. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Rocks podcast. Well, thanks, Yvette. You know, I hear something like that and I think, oh my gosh, I should pay her money for saying these things. <laughs> it's ridiculous to think of me in, in that regard. But yeah, I, I appreciate you saying kind things about me. Oh, well, thank you for the work that you have done. You have put in years and years of research uh, to help parents like myself and my husband and those listening to this podcast to know how to raise up our children to love Jesus, because there's so much to it. It's not like we just get to sing with them, Jesus loves me, uh, when they're three years old, and say a quick prayer with them, and then we're done. We don't get to check that box and move on with our lives. There's so much more that goes into raising our kids. And you recently wrote a book called Raising Spiritual Champions, Nurturing Your Child's Heart, Mind, and Soul. And if you're watching this on video, you can see me holding the book up. Um, I started reading this book uh, a few weeks ago when I received it in the mail, and um, I got to the point where I had to stop highlighting so much because the whole book was basically highlighted, and I thought, well, that defeats the whole purpose of highlighting, right? <laughs> so so if you'll see, you can actually see some of my notes highlighted on this page, and uh, I, had to, I had to slow down on my highlighting uh, because there were so many important things that you talk about in this book. So we're going to talk about this book. We're going to talk about your new research, and... Um, we're going to dig deep. So you guys hold on tight. Before we get into our conversation, though, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com and try them out for free. ctcmath.com. Well, uh, Dr. Barna, I would love for you to, uh, one, I, I introduced you, but but um, maybe tell us a little bit about your family um, and, and exactly what you do. And then I want to get deep into this conversation about worldview, um, because I know that you feel a true urgency to wake people up, um, just like we do here at the Schoolhouse Rocked Ministry. And uh, time really is of the essence when it comes to raising our kids to know and love Jesus. Yeah, so that in terms of my family, I mean, I've got three daughters. They're all adopted. They're all from other countries. And right now they're all in their 20s and 30s. So one of them has three children, my first three grandchildren, 
fortunately, they live just down the street from us. So I get to spend nice. a lot of time with them. And, and that's been a great thing. One of the reasons why that's been great for me is recognizing the significant role that grandparents can play mm. in helping to raise children uh, to be spiritual champions. I know it's my daughter and son-in-law's primary function in life, but it's still part of my function as my daughter's uh, parent and now as a grandparent to make sure that I'm doing everything I can to see those three youngsters be discipled, become, you know, full-on followers of Jesus, no no holds barred. So uh, that's been a great thing. Uh, You know, and, and the reason why worldview matters so much to me you know, normally, I mean, baseball would matter more to me, but, you know, no, I mean, when you look at what's going on in people's lives in our culture, my contention, doing all the research that I, I do, we've done, uh, you know, I've been involved in over a thousand national research projects over the years, studying all facets of our culture and faith and the intersection of those. The conclusion I've come to is twofold. Number one, the primary crisis we have in America today isn't an economic crisis, it's not a political crisis, it's really a worldview crisis. Mm-hmm. All of the issues that we're facing, most of them would fritter away if people actually had a biblical worldview. And the second thing that's important about that to me is, you know, as you look at me, it's like I'm getting older, I don't know how many years the Lord's going to give me yet, but I figure, okay, I've got you know more years behind me than in front of me. So I've got to figure out how to finish well. And one of the things that I did was I took the 200 most recent national studies I'd done, went through them, and took notes about what did we learn from each of these studies. And when I synthesized all of that into just a handful of outcomes, the thing that kept jumping out of all of that research, no matter what angle I was studying the culture from, no matter what subgroup of the population or the entire adult population I was looking at, everything kept coming back to worldview. Mm. So that's why, you know, particularly over the last five years at Arizona Christian University, where I'm a professor, director of of research there, um, you know, we're looking at worldview because if we don't crack the code on worldview, we're not going to get very far. Yeah. We've talked about worldview a lot on this podcast, and this week we are going to dig so deeply into it and why it is so important for us to have a good, solid foundation, a a, a, a solid biblical worldview. And we have to have that as parents in order to pass that on to our kids. And one of the things that I thought was so amazing is that one of the statistics that you talk about is that just one out of every five um, parents of preteen children, that's 22%, is a born-again Christian and only 8% of those born-again parents of preteens have a true biblical worldview. And I, I, that, I, I want to focus kind of on that word true, because I think a lot of us as Americans, a lot of people say, especially as homeschoolers, we say, well, of course we're Christians, and we believe in Jesus, and we believe that the Bible is true, so of course we have a biblical worldview. And many may not even be able to, to verbalize that, but we assume that we do, and then we go on to live our life in a way that is contrary to living it based on a biblical worldview. So talk with us about what exactly a biblical worldview is. How would you define that? And let me even take a step back from that, if you don't mind, that, and, and sure. say, recognize that everybody has a worldview. Mm. And so this is something that applies to everyone who's listening and everyone who's not listening, because we've all got one. 
We need a worldview to get us through every day because a worldview is the decision-making filter that every one of us has. It's, it's a combination of uh, how we process information intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. And based on that processing, we generate decisions. We make hundreds and hundreds of decisions every single day. Every one of them comes through our worldview. So we need a worldview to get through the day. But the question isn't, do you have a worldview? It's what worldview do you have? Because there are many different worldviews that you could possess, many different worldviews that people do possess. So a biblical worldview is just one of those options that lie before us. But a biblical worldview essentially is one that says, every decision I make, I'm going to filter through my knowledge and understanding and interpretation of what the Bible says, because the Bible is absolute moral truth. The Bible is God's guide for us of how to live a successful, thriving life. And so we've always got to go back to what does Scripture teach? What are the principles there? And when we try to measure worldview, as we look at biblical worldview as one of the options, we're trying to measure a number of different things. We know that six out of 10 adults in America claim that they have a biblical worldview. But when we actually evaluate what they believe about God, about Jesus, about sin, about truth, about salvation, about morality, uh, about character, about values, all of these things that the Bible teaches and more, what we know is that currently only 4% of adults in America possess a biblical Mm -hmm. worldview. And less than one out of every 10 individuals who are born-again Christians, not because they call themselves that, but because they say, when they die, they know they'll go to heaven, but only because they've confessed their sins and embraced Jesus Christ as their Savior. With that, one-third of the adult population, less than one out of ten, has a biblical worldview. So that's why we have to measure these things very carefully, and we can't take what people tell us about their worldview at face value. We've deceived ourselves. We've been deceived related to worldview. We are continually deceived by the culture related to worldview. And that's why being very cautious and careful about this this discussion related to worldview is important. Wow. Um, We're going to take a break in a minute, but when we come back, I know that you have outlined seven cornerstones of a biblical worldview, and so I want to dig into that. Uh, So hang tight. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. 
We are back with Dr. Barna. And oh, you guys, it's so funny, the things that go on behind the scenes <laughs> when we're recording. So right before we pushed record, um, Dr. Barna said that his dog, Ray Charles, was coming into the room and Ray Charles is his blind dog. And so he was waiting for Ray Charles to kind of settle, settle down. And uh, so he said, Ray is now settled down and sleeping. So he is ready to dig into <laughs> the seven cornerstones of a biblical worldview. Um, so, so let's do that. I know that you have had many, many years of um, extensive research, like nationwide, um, and then you, and through that research, you're able to outline a biblical approach to raising children with these seven cornerstones of a biblical worldview. So, walk us through what those are. The, the essence of the seven cornerstones emerged as a surprise to me. You know me, I'm a I'm a social scientist. I'm a sociologist. I'm always working with data. I love playing with data. And really, really late one night or early one morning, I guess, uh, I'm always looking for what are ways to make it easier for people to understand and pursue a biblical worldview. And one night I discovered that if you combine these seven particular beliefs and their related behaviors, they form a fantastic foundation for building a complete biblical worldview. In in essence, what I saw was that if you embrace all seven of these core beliefs, which are very simple biblical principles, but if you embrace all seven of them, you go on and have an 83% probability of developing a complete biblical worldview. If you don't embrace all seven of them, you've only got a 2% probability of developing a biblical worldview. So I got real excited and said, okay, I got to share this with people. And then when I wrote them down and looked at them, I thought, oh my gosh, the first reaction people are going to have is to laugh and say, are you kidding? This is the foundation of a biblical worldview. This is like Sunday School 101. It's like, yes. And what that tells us, given the fact that only 4% of adults in America and fewer kids have a biblical worldview, is that we didn't pay attention in Sunday School. So Mm. here we go. I mean, the seven cornerstones are essentially number one that you not only believe that there is a God who exists, but that you understand him to be the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe who's perfect and holy and just and is still involved in our lives today because he continues to love us and care about the decisions that we make. Second cornerstone is recognizing that when we were born, we were born into sin. That's Uh our nature. We have sin nature. And, and so we have to recognize that, acknowledge that. That's critically important for us. And, and, and it has consequences to how we live. And they're negative consequences if we continue to sin. But thirdly, recognizing that, but God made a provision for us. He recognizes that we've been born into sin and that that sin has negative consequences. And that left to our own nature, we'll continue to sin. So he sent Jesus Christ to earth to die for our sins, and that if we are willing to acknowledge that I am a sinner and I drift towards sin and there's nothing that I can do about it to purify my life, the only thing I can really do is to ask Jesus Christ to stand in for me, to impute his righteousness to me because he died for me on the cross. He died because of my sins. But... God loved me enough that he's willing to have Jesus be my stand-in, if you will, as a result of my sin. And as long as I'm truly repentant, that's a key, that we're saying, well, 
I'm not doing this because I want cheap grace. I want to keep sinning. No, I'm asking Jesus to not only forgive me for my sins, but also to give me his Holy Spirit, to, to give me the strength to fight that temptation to continually sin. The fourth element in, in the cornerstones is knowing that I can know this because it's in the Bible. God gives us the Bible, and the Bible is true, it's relevant, and it's reliable to the life of every person on earth. God gave it to us because he loves us so much. He knows we're not going to figure this out on our own, so he had it written down for us so that we can know how to thrive in life. And then fifthly, having that Bible, I can rely upon it because it is God's truth. It is absolute moral truth. It's something that reflects what truth is. God is the embodiment of all truth. And so he's codified that for us in his word. And that's why I can continually go back to that and say, yes, I know these things. I know they don't change over time. And I know that I need to embrace them because God gave them to me. And then sixthly, how do I know when I'm successful at doing this? Is it because I believe God's blessed me with the biggest house in the neighborhood or because I've got two Porsches in the driveway? I don't. But you know, <laughs> would that be the sign, you know, the sign of Jonah, the sign of, you know, the modern age? I've got a couple of Porsches now. You know, what is it? Well, it's that I'm being consistently obedient to God. Mm. When I do that, that's what success is. Success has nothing to do with money, has nothing to do with fame, has nothing to do with possessions, has nothing to do with college degrees. It has everything to do with my total commitment to doing everything I can to obey God. And then finally, uh, the seventh of, of these cornerstones is knowing what my purpose in life is. So many people, in fact, today we know from our current research that a majority of millennials and Gen Z people say that they have trouble getting out of bed in the morning because they don't know why they should. They don't have a sense of purpose. They don't have that sense of meaning. God gives it to us. And, and that meaning that we all have, and this is something we share in common, is that he made us to know and to love and to serve him with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul. You know, that just simply goes back to what Jesus taught in Mark 12, verse 30, and so and beyond. So if we look at that, we say, okay, that's my purpose. Now I know why I should get out of bed in the morning. It's not to go to work to get a promotion. That's not a bad thing, but that's not the ultimate purpose in life. That may be one way in which I can honor God, and that's a good thing. But I've got to remember everything that I do has to go back through this filter of, you know, does God exist? Who is he? Who am I in light of who he is? How do I know who he is? How do I know what I'm here to do? How do I know when I'm doing it? That's what these seven cornerstones help us to do. So is that all there is to a biblical worldview? No, but it is a fabulous foundation on which to build a worldview. And and, and this is important for parents because only 2% of today's parents of kids under the age of 13 have a biblical worldview. Only mm-hmm. 4% of the born-again parents with kids under 13 have a biblical worldview, and you can't give what you don't have. Amen. And so where do parents start? That's maybe the most common question I get from parents who are scared by all this. They're worried about all this, as they should be. 
And yeah. I, I point them to the seven cornerstones. I, I remind them, look, you only need to be about 10 seconds ahead of your child. Okay. Yeah. But take these seven cornerstones to heart and make sure that all the decisions that you're making are in harmony with these mm-hmm. things that God has taught us. And if you can do that and you can model that for your children, that's that's what you need to be doing. Your children will get onto the right path. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We are going to keep talking about this. There's so much more to discuss. And and I, I think number seven is my favorite because we say it all the time to our kids. We say it on the podcast that each one of us was created on purpose for a purpose. And so we remind our girls, I mean, to the point where they still kind of roll their eyes when I say God created you. And they're like, I know, on purpose for a purpose. And we've been telling them that since they were itty bitty because we want them to know that they have purpose here um, in this world. So so we're going to keep talking about this. Um, thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Barna. We'll be back on Wednesday. We're going to keep going. We're going to dig deep into this worldview. Um, where can people find out more about you, Dr. Barna? Uh, if they go to culturalresearchcenter.com, they'll find all the research that we do. We put it up for free. They'll find that. And if they want the book, they can go to amazon.com. We've got it in paperback and digital okay. versions. And I hope people will read it and take it to heart. You guys, this is truly one of the most important books I think ever written. Um, I, I would say over the past several years, this is probably the most important book that has been written to Christian parents um, on how to raise our kids with a strong, solid biblical worldview so that hopefully they will surrender their hearts to Christ and continue following Him throughout their entire life. So I, I know we recommend books uh, often on the podcast, but this is one that I would say you cannot do without it. It's called Raising Spiritual Champions, Nurturing Your Child's Heart, Mind, and Soul. So get out your highlighter and we will highlight together and read together and grow together. Stay tuned to the very end to hear what's coming up next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We'll see you back here on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. When you talk about worldview in our culture today, most people roll their eyes. It's not something that we talk about. It's not something that we think about. It's not something that we have standards for that we hold people to. And so the unfortunate reality is that in America today, worldview develops by default. Parents aren't really shepherding or directing that process. Churches aren't directing or focused on that process. Even in our culture, even though it has dramatic impact on the formation of people's worldview, most of that is unintentional. And so it's this default process. This used to be an undertaking that parents took seriously. They thought about what is the core belief structure and behavioral structure of my children. I'm responsible for that. So I'm gonna look carefully at that and I'm gonna invest heavily in that. But we've gotten away from that to the point where the primary parenting approach in America today is outsourcing, Mm -hmm. where 
parents love their kids. I'm not doubting that. Sure. I mean, we found that in the research. Yeah, for sure. But because parents are busy and because parents feel comfortable simply throwing up their hands and saying, oh, I don't know what the best way to raise them is, what we wind up doing is outsourcing parenting to different quote unquote experts. 